Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. So we've been doing this series looking at words of Jesus and stories of Jesus and seeing what Jesus has to say about life and a few other things. Is that okay? So in this series, you know, the last few times that, that I've taught, you know, Pastor Stephen, he delivered a message a while back. It was tremendous. And, and uh, you know, I always like to pull him in. And, you know, he, he has some, some great things to share, brings life. The last few times I've, I've taught, we've taught on what Jesus said about the Father. We've taught about what Jesus said about Holy Spirit. We've taught about what Jesus said about himself. And, you know, I've had this thought coming to me for a, a couple weeks, you know, about where we'd go, it ends up being today, you know, and I'm just going to tell you this. You know, sometimes I'll use terms, phraseology. I've got this thing going with Pastor Stephen. If he ever hears me using what we'd call Christian ease, you know, when, when we're sitting around after a service, you know, he has total permission to come up to me and say, hey, you know, that thing you said this morning, half the people didn't know what you're talking about. Because we want to be understood, okay? So sometimes I'll say things like this. I'll say, yeah, God told me. God told me. You know, I was, I was just walking along, God told me this. Does he ever tell you things? He does tell me things, too. But how does that work? You know, when I say that, people, people envision me sitting in my, I'm always in my lazy boy or something. I don't even have a lazy boy. But I do have a chair that tends to be my chair. I don't know why. Does that happen in homes? Just ends up, that's like my chair there, I think. <laughs> anyway, people envision, well, he's sitting in his chair, and God's talking to him, and he's talking to God. And let me tell you what, that is my goal, to have conversations with him like that. But can I tell you how it usually is? It's usually more like this. I'm walking along, minding my own business, and all of a sudden I'll have a thought. And at the time the thought comes, I might think, oh, that's me. But then I start to realize, oh, that's nothing I was even thinking about. And then as time goes on, it keeps coming back to me. The, what does? The thought keeps coming back to me. And then I, as I analyze, and I don't always do this, but if I did, I'd realize this, that the thought wasn't coming from out here or anywhere in outer space or something. No, it's coming from right within me, and it brought me peace. So, you know, when God speaks to you, that's, that's a good place to start. You know, he'll just give you a thought sometimes and check it out. And, and sometimes I'll get a thought like that, and I'll say something like, is that you, God? You, can I tell you something? He doesn't get offended at that. He doesn't get offended if you say, is that you? Or I'll say, if that's you, you tell me again. Bring it up. The thing about him, too, is, is at least this is how it is with him and me. He usually gives me ample time to act. Now, there may be a situation where there's just an alarm on the inside of me, and I go, oh, i got to act right now. You know, frankly, you know, when, when God told us to come and start this church, it was back in uh, 1996 that God first spoke to me. You guys have heard me tell this story. You know, I'm sitting in church, minding my own business, in my chair. 
And God just spoke to me and said, Paul, you're going to leave this place. This is what he told me. He said, you're going to leave this place and you're going to go start another church. And when I came to myself, I said, no way. No way, I'm not leaving. I love this place. I love the people. I love what you've been doing through, you know, us here. And, you know, this is, we've got a place here. We've got an identity here. And, and uh, I didn't tell anybody for a solid year. I didn't want anybody else to hear it because somehow if somebody else heard me say it, it would give validity to it. But you know what happened? It didn't go away. It kept coming back to me. The thought kept coming back to me saying, you need, you're going to be leaving this place. And it wasn't that that was a bad place. No, it was a good place. But he was taking me to another place. And then when I finally did tell Dana, she said the same thing I did. She said, no way. We're not leaving here. This is our place. This is where we've been planted. This is our friends. This is, you know, everything's good here. And we didn't act on that till 2000. But when 2000 came, so, you know, it wasn't like God said something. We went, huh. See, I think people get messed up when they do that. I think, you know, they think they hear a thought that might be God, and they go, they jump out the deep end. But here's the thing about God is that he leads you in light. His steps, following his steps, his steps are sure. They don't have confusion in them. There's clarity. Now, you may not see the whole picture but you see that step and you can take it confidently and go to the next place. So around 2000, the step that I saw that was, gave me peace and that I knew I had to take was I had to resign where we're at. What a great thing to do. You had a job, had a job for 12 years and you say, I resign and you don't know where you're going. That's a bit crazy. But you know what? That's what God told us to do. I did. I said, all right, we're stepping out. I don't tell you to do that. Don't you go do that. You might, you might fall off the deep end. But he told me that, and that's what I knew I had to do. And so then we, we, we started the church here. Actually, that was back right when the calendar turned, and around Easter, by the time we probably act on, acted on it fully, a little before that, it was October before we started the doors of this, opened the doors of this church. Not here, but in another building, and started calling it Liberty Christian Center. And you know what? Thank God. It's an adventure to walk with him. It's an adventure to hear his voice. And he will work with you. He'll work with you. Don't try to be somebody you're not. Be you. And allow him to show you the way he talks to you. I mean, I've struggled over the years. I remember when I was going to, to Bible school. You know, and, and uh, I, I knew graduation was coming, and I felt this pressure because it seemed like, do you ever notice how things seem sometimes? This is what it seemed like to me. It seemed like everybody else knew exactly what they were going to do when they left. Everybody else had it all figured out. They knew just, you know, they, boy, they knew where they were going. They were going to just go and be a pastor. They were going to go do this or that. I didn't have that. And I was nervous. It got me scared. You know, what, you know what the worst thing you can do then is go try to act on something you're not sure about. This is not my message today. But you know what? You can sometimes get more from a side journey than you do the message. 
So you know what I did back in the day? I was in get, coming cl close to graduation from, from Bible school. I'd go on walks at night. Sometimes God, many times, God will talk to me when I'm just going on a little walk. And sometimes I don't even have to leave anywhere. I could walk right back and forth here. I could, you know, if I, I do this at home too. These guys are watching TV. I get up and I'll walk around. Because I, I, maybe it's something wrong with me, I don't know. But whatever. So, you know, I'd go on walks at night, and when I'd do that, God would just start speaking just little glimpses to me. You know, I didn't see the full picture, but I just saw the next step. And, you know, and, and he showed me, and he showed me to go back to where I, I was from, to go back to Minneapolis. And I did that. I didn't have total, like, I didn't know what was going to happen in five years, but I knew the first step. And so I took it boldly, you know. Wait till you know with clarity what the step is you're supposed to take. And then when you take it, take it with, take it with gusto. Be confident and be bold. Don't try to figure out things you don't know, but talk to God about them. Talk to God about them, because he'll make it clear. He doesn't always make it clear right at that moment, but keep pursuing him. Press him. He'll make it clear. So you know when you're nowhere. And your steps are sure. Now, what was I talking about, Pastor Stephen? <laughs> well, you know, this is what came to me a couple weeks ago. You know, I was doing all these, you know, Holy Ghost and Father God and Jesus, things that Jesus said about everybody. And he told me to talk about what Jesus said about the devil. Okay? And I put it on the shelf. I said, ah, you know, and not that I've never talked about these kind of things, but, but I hesitate to for a few reasons. Because sometimes when you do, people get devil conscious. So I'm telling you that right up front, don't do that. I was born again back in the 70s, and there was like this thing in the charismatic circles where, where it was like people were so conscious of devils, it seemed like everywhere they looked, we, hit, we coined the phrase, there were devils on doorknobs. Don't do that. Don't do that. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. But that said... You need to know this, too, that there is a devil and that he doesn't like you very much. He is the enemy that you face in this world. You know, you, you might think the enemy's somebody, but it's really not. It's the devil. And I just want to take a few moments this morning and talk about what Jesus said about the devil. Okay? A couple things. Is this okay? Okay, nobody's throwing pies or anything. Somebody talked about acting like, the football team, you know, being as excited in church as they were about the, the Super Bowl. And by that, they meant taking a, a bucket of Gatorade and dumping it on the pastor. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm so glad you're here today because if anybody has that unction. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. I think they did that to us one year. We got dunked in a tank or something. Yeah. All right, Luke 10. <laughs> Let's move on quickly. Luke 10, 17. Jesus is talking, and he says some things here about the devil. All right, so take note. All right. It says, then the 70, in verse 17, then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Jesus said this. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. 
Verse 19, he says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So as we talk this morning, there's really a few things I just want you to, to get in your mind. And if you get nothing else, get this and go away with this. Is One is the devil is a fallen being. Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning from heaven. And you know what? You need to see this, that he has fallen. He is not, you know, in anywhere near God's class. Dana was teaching one time years ago, and she had that revelation that she shared from her heart, is that, that it's, when it comes to God and it comes to the devil, it's not an equal match, okay? Don't think of it in your mind as something like there's a tug of war going on. You guys like tug of wars? I don't know if I do or not, but I like to watch them. But if there's a tug of war going on, you know, and, and, and it's like, who's going to win? Is it, is it good or is it evil? Oh, you know, it's like you're watching some suspenseful, suspenseful show, and who's going to win? Who's going to overcome? It's not like that at all. The devil is nowhere near God's class. The devil, Jesus said, fell like lightning from heaven. It wasn't a casual fall, man. It was hard and fast and hit the ground with a bang, okay? So the devil is a fallen being. The devil is not on God's level. And know this also, the devil is under your feet. Jesus said, all authority has been given and, and to, to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So you and I do not need to be afraid of the devil. Okay, this isn't to creep anybody out or give anybody nightmares. Know this, you've got authority, you've got power, and you can stand up tall and strong, not in your strength, but absolutely 100% in the Lord's strength. In Luke 11, again, Jesus talking here, and uh, he said in verse 14, he was actually casting out a demon, and it, it, was, it was mute, and so it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke and the multitudes marveled. So what was going on? There was a person there that couldn't speak. And it says that Jesus cast the demon out of him. Let me qualify something here. Not every kind of infirmity that a person faces or, or is dealing with in life means that they need a devil cast out of them. Okay? Just can I say that? This is kind of pastoral talk right here because, you know, people get fired up, you know, and they go, all right, I'm just going to cast a devil on. Well, no, don't do that. All right? When there is a demon, Jesus just took care of it. It doesn't need to be a big fanfare. In fact, he didn't do that. It wasn't the way he rolled. Okay? But here in this situation, he did cast the demon out of her, uh, the person, I, I, and uh, the person spoke. And then someone there in the crowd of course, this causes controversy, and they said, well, he's, he's casting out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons, and others, where did they come up with that word? Anyway, others testing him sought from him a sign from heaven, but he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against itself will fall. And if Satan is divided against himself, his kingdom will not stand and he goes on, because you say, I cast demons out by Beelzebub. If I cast demons out by Beelzebub, uh, whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they'll be your judges. So here's what I tell you. 
is one, the devil does have a house, he has a kingdom that he works with, but two, most, more importantly, is that Jesus and the devil don't work together. Did you hear me? Jesus and the devil don't work together. It isn't like God's got the scorecard going, well, you know, just go afflict that person and then we'll come along and heal them. No, it doesn't work like that at all. The devil's a fallen being and he's messed people up in the earth. He's messed this earth up. Jesus came to give us life. Jesus came to undo what the devil had done. You know, Paul talks about the, the, the devil's kingdom in Ephesians chapter 6. He, he tells us to put on our armor, and, and, and that's the way to stand every day, stand equipped and armed, you know, in Christ, you know, being more aware of him than you are yourself or other people. What a way to live. Let me read it in the Phillips translation in Ephesians 6.10. Paul said it like this. Talking about the devil's kingdom, he says, In conclusion, be strong, not in yourselves, but in the Lord, and in the power of his boundless resource. Put on God's complete armor, so you can successfully resist all the devil's attack. For I expect that you've learned by now that our fight is not against any physical enemy. It's against unseen powers that control this dark world, spiritual agents from the very headquarters of evil. Therefore, you must wear the whole armor of God that you may be able to resist evil in its day of power and that even when you fought to a standstill, you may still stand your ground. So what Paul said here and what Jesus said, you know, he said the devil has this kingdom. And this is what I wanted to point out is, is that our fight is never against other human beings. You know, sometimes people get, can I say this, demonized, but people are never your enemy. Okay? The devil is the enemy. And the devil is under your feet. And when we stand in Christ, you know, he has no power over us. You know, people walk around like this. Oh, you know, the devil's just having a heyday on me. And I understand that. Life can be bad sometimes. But we're, we're told by this, by Paul, by Jesus, stand up. Not in our own strength, but stand up in his you know, the devil fears you ever finding out who you are in Christ. He fears you ever finding out the power that's there at your disposal. He fears that. He, that's how he works. He tries to keep people, first of all, from ever coming to Christ, taking them down side journeys to distract them from the truth. But then once people get born again, his job is to try to keep people from ever seeing what really belongs to them in Christ. What we have is so superior to any of the devil's power. I'm telling you, he runs at the mere mention of Jesus' name. He runs. I, you know, and I, I could tell you stories, but I'm telling you, that name on your lips of faith, man, it'll move mountains. It'll move any devil. Luke 13, verse 15. Jesus talking about the devil. Luke 13, 15. It says, then the Lord answered him. Let me just say that I am cutting right in the middle of a story here. Jesus is in a synagogue on the Sabbath day. There's a woman there that's been sick, been, been, been suffering with an infirmity, for 18 years, and on the Sabbath day, you know, 
he heals this woman. You know, which should be no big deal, but there were religious people around. You know, they were there to criticize and put down what Jesus did. Can you believe that? I mean, that just blows your mind. But here it is in Luke 13, and he says this. It says, the Lord answered in verse 15 and said, hypocrite, don't you love Jesus? I love it. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, now get this, whom Satan has bound, think of it, eight, for 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day. And when he had said these things, his adversaries were put to shame, and the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Point here is this. Satan is the one who binds people with sickness and infirmity, not God. How did that ever get flipped? How did people ever come up with the idea that God was making people sick on this earth to bring him glory? How did that ever happen? Now, I mean, good people think, have thought that and taught that. But Jesus did not teach that. He said plainly here, Satan is the one who bound this woman. Now, how many think Peter might have been there? You think Peter was there? I mean, he didn't say a whole lot right here, which is unusual. But Peter was probably there. Now, then, then when Peter, we find a story where Peter was in the house of Cornelius, you know, who was a Gentile man, and Jesus himself instructed Peter to go to this guy's, Cornelius' house, and tell him the good news. So Peter's there in Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10, and, and he says something quite astounding. He says this, he says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost in power, who went about doing good, healing all those who were sick and oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Something like that. Peter said these words in Cornelius' house. And not long after that, the power of God fell on the people, and it, it hit the people, and they're, they're, you know, I'd say they're knocked right off their chairs by the goodness of God. Where'd Peter get such an idea? Probably walking around with Jesus like he was in Luke chapter 13, seeing that woman healed on the Sabbath day. Jesus saying right there before Peter, James, and John, and all the other Pharisees that were there, not that Peter, James, and John were Pharisees, they were disciples, but he said it to all of them, he says, hey, this woman was bound by the devil. Sickness is from the devil. Healing is from God. All right, hey, where there we go. All right, Mark 4, verse 14. Jesus is telling a parable here, and again, he talks a little about the devil in this too. In, in, John, in Mark 4.14, he says, The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately, and he takes away the word that was sown in their heart. And these are they likewise on the stony ground, who when they've heard, immediately receive it with gladness. This is what I wanted to say, is this, Jesus said this about the devil, that he comes immediately, and he comes to steal. He comes to steal whatever he can. In this case, he comes to steal the word from people's heart. What, how does he do that? Well, let me give an example. They're sitting in church and they hear, they hear about, you know, who they are in Christ. They hear about, you know, that, that in, in, in the power of the Lord, they can stand victorious in life. And then they walk out of the church and they hear this. Yeah, but. 
Yeah, but what are you facing today? Yeah, but what about tomorrow when you're going to go to work and you've got that problem to deal with? Yeah, but you know you can always tell the sheep from the goats because the goats are always buttoned. That's how the devil steals, okay? He comes to deceive. He comes to steal. He comes to, we'll find in a minute, he comes to lie to people. In John 8, verse, 30, or verse 43, uh, he said this. He says, why, why do you not understand my speech? Because you're not able to listen to my word. You're, uh, and you are of your father, the devil. There goes Jesus again. <laughs> he knew how to get the crowd going. You're, the, you're, the father, you're of your father the devil and the desire your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. He's a liar and the father of it. He says, Jesus said, because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. Jesus identified Satan as two things here. One as a murderer, two as a liar. In the first service, I had the revelation of where this comes from in my mind, but, but I think of Elf when I, when I read these verses, you know? And Elf said, you're, you're a liar. You're, you, what do you, say? you sit on a throne of lies. You sit on a throne of lies. That's what Elf said to the fake Santa. Don't let any fake Santas in your life. They sit on a throne of lies. Don't build your life on that. Don't listen. You know, the one good thing about the, knowing the devil's a liar is when you walk out of, you know, where you've been hearing the truth, you walk away from your time with God, and he's been speaking to you, and the devil tries to lie to you, you know whatever he says is a lie, so you can say, thank you for the confirmation. I'll believe the truth. Go forward. Go forward. Luke twenty-two thirty-one. This is actually the portion of scripture that Pastor Stephen preached out of, I think, with Peter. Anyway, <laughs> amen. Yeah, that was it. Preach it, Pastor. <laughs> it says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. So you know what the devil's out to do to people? He's out to swift, swift them. To sift them as wheat. That's what he wanted to do to Peter. Jesus just brought light to it. He says, man, Peter, stand up. Stand up. The devil's trying to sift you as wheat. And you know what that would make him? It would make him shredded wheat. But he says, you don't need to have that. Stand up. You've overcome. And we know this. If we read on, again, we have the privilege. We can read on and see what happened with Peter. Even though the devil wanted to sift him as wheat, Peter stood up and he he fulfilled the role God had called him to. You know, in 1 Peter chapter 5, you know, maybe that's where Peter got this from, but, but he said this. He says, you know, the devil is out there trying to sift everybody as wheat. He's trying to do that. He says in 1 Peter 5 verse 8, he says, be sober. This is to us. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Can you say may? may? 
What that tells me is that the devil just cannot devour anybody. He's looking for people that he can devour. Who can he devour? The people that aren't going to sober up and, and, and stand up and be vigilant and stand in the strength of the Lord. Verse 9 says, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Uh, of course, I like the, the Jordan translation of this. He says this, he says, sober up now and get with it. That old roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, is stalking about looking for someone to gobble up. Put steel in your faith and stand up to him. How do you do that? Stand up in the truth. Stand up in who you are. Stand up in who you are on the inside. Do you know the greater one is living in you? The greater one. I'm going to have to be selective here because I heard there's a game on today. Let me just tell you this. You'll see this in Jesus' ministry. From time to time, there'd be someone he'd encounter that needed help, that needed freedom. And what was wrong? They, they had some kind of demonic uh, influence of some kind, okay? You know, these people weren't bad. These were normal people that just got messed up by the devil. And Jesus came to set them free. But you'll find this is that what Jesus did time and time again is he, he refused to let the demon speak. You know what that tells me? He says, I, I, I say this, I'm not going to let the devil talk in my life. And you know what? I'm not going to spend the majority of my time talking about the devil. I'm going to spend my time talking about God and how good he is. I'm not going to look for devils on doorknobs. I'm looking for God's presence everywhere I go. If I see a demon, I'll do like Jesus and say, shut up and come out. That's what Jesus said to the devil. He didn't give him a whole lot. He told him where to go, and he stood firm. In Philippians, when Paul talked about uh, Jesus, he said his name, his name was above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow in heaven, earth, and under the earth. And then in Mark 16, let's just go there for a minute. Mark 16, verse 15. Jesus talking here, these are, are words that we probably all know, but he said this, he said, he said, go, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then he said, and he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. He said, in my name, they'll cast out demons. In my name, they'll cast out demons. What I'm telling you today is you have been given the name that's above every name. And when that name is spoken in faith, I'm telling you what, there's no devil that can stand up to you. The devil is not your problem. He has been dealt with. He is under your feet. Our thing is just to stand in what Jesus has done for us. In Ephesians, we'll close with this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Paul said this. He was praying for the church at Ephesus. I love this passage. I love this prayer. Pray it often. He says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened and that you'd know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints 
And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, here's the image, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above. Can you say far above? He didn't just say barely above. He said far above all principality, power, might, and dominion in every name that's named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. He's put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You know, you may not be, a, you know, Jesus is the head. And you may have talked yourself into being something as lowly as the feet. You know what? I like my feet, though. You know, in fact, it bugs me if my toes aren't feeling good. And the thing is this, is even if you in your mind have thought of yourself as just the baby toe in the body of Christ, you got power. you got authority. Because the devil is under your feet. Don't spend time thinking about the devil. He's a defeated foe. Spend your time thinking about Jesus and how great he is, about his name and how powerful it is, and how he's given you that name to conduct kingdom business right here on the earth. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.